if you're not looking at all the people who are in charge, all the jobs that they have, how they take care of you, how they work with each other, and then what the end goal is, you know, then I think you're missing some things. So everything needs to be, think of it like an orchestra is another way to look at it. Everyone needs to be playing the same song, even though there's different instruments playing different parts. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Great to have you back on Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George alongside Nick Rosenbauer, who recently moved into a new home, and that inspired this episode of the podcast. How your estate planning documents are the same as your kitchen appliances, and everything kind of works together, right? So we're going to explain that today. But Nick, what was the inspiration for this? Is, are you doing a lot of, uh, now that you moved in, are you doing a lot of buying and replacing of appliances? Um, or should I, I even I ask that? We- <laughs> no comment, right? <laughs> no, uh, we're we're going to be getting there. Unfortunately, it's one of those things. Obviously, you know, you I guess you don't want a a whirlpool fridge and then a GE dishwasher and then a and then a Samsung um, stove and an LG microwave, all four different colors. Um, that's not what we have here. Like everything matches at our at our new house, but. The microwave just gave out uh, last week, and it actually scared the heck out of us because it was nighttime, and we just hear this beeping. We don't know where it's coming from. We're upstairs. It's a two-story uh, with a basement, so we, we're sleeping upstairs, and my little guy was sick uh, last week, so he you know, he coughs. He's, he's really rather congested, and so he's coughing, and then you know that wakes us up. We'll go in, comfort him. Etc. And we hear this beeping. No idea what it is. I'm checking my phone. She's checking her phone. The baby monitor is plugged in, so it's not like it's a low battery. I'm running around the house at two o'clock in the morning looking at the smoke detectors because that was my thought, right? One of the smoke detector batteries was uh, was going bad, and it's the microwave. And there's a like the little digits that kind of scroll across the microwave. And it's saying that um, there was a short in the keypad on the microwave with the numbers and, you know, you hit cook and whatnot. And so I said, okay, I don't know what the heck is going on. I'm trying to hit buttons, trying to fix it. It's not working. So I just unplug the darn thing and say, to heck with it. I'll deal with it tomorrow. Plug it back in tomorrow morning. And I hit buttons and they work. So I think, look, I'm the IT genius. All I had to do was hit the button, uh, was unplug it and plug it back in. And then about 15 seconds later, all the buttons stop again. It starts beeping, doing the same thing. And it's it's toast. It's dead. So we're looking into new microwaves. They're not that expensive unless you get the ones that are mounted underneath, like, a, I guess, above the stove where they have, like, the vent on the yeah. underside of them. Yeah, so the, the microwave that sits on the counter is 40 maybe to a hundred, maybe a hundred bucks. And then the microwaves that double as a vent hood over the stove, those are two, three, four, five hundred. And you look at these packages and of course they're pricing all this stuff now. 
go figure. I'm, I'm <laughs> rolling my eyes through, you know, if, for any of the listeners here, I'm just rolling my eyes as we go. <laughs> um, but um, you know how it is. Each piece together, you know, is, is so expensive, but you'll save $1,000 if you buy all four of them together. And yeah. Do we buy one thing now and hope we can get the rest of the set on Black Friday? My <laughs> wife doesn't like our dishwasher, which in her defense, I don't like it either. It does okay, but I hate the layout. You shouldn't put the utensils in the middle on the bottom rack. That's the dumbest thing in the world. I don't know that. Yeah, I've never had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. The utensils should be in the corner. Um, The little cage there where you put the forks and the knives and the spoons should be in the corner. And then all the plates and the pans and the big stuff can go next to it. No, this thing's stupid. I don't know who (laughs) invented it at GE. But some idiot at General Electric should be fired in the appliance department. It's right in the middle. So you have a few plates, then it stops. It takes up all the real estate. Right. Then it goes the other way. Of course, the racks are leaned opposite each other, so they fall into it. It's terrible. So we are, of course, to the point. We're looking at new appliances, and we're probably going to have to get the whole set um, instead of having two mismatched things. And yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're at. And then... Certainly leads right into to what we do here in your estate planning. I wish I had a better transition. Uh, maybe maybe you could come up with something, uh, smooth that out a little bit. But uh, that's that's where it started, and that's kind of where we're headed here. Because I've actually had a few circumstances recently um, where families called us, and maybe some old attorney just did one document. They said we just need a power of attorney, or they just did a will. And we just need you to add to it. You need to complete the set. Um, or they're just looking for a one-off type thing. And you know, we'll talk about the troubles and, and kind of the things you need to watch out for when you do that. But it just it was almost too perfect, almost like divine intervention on what we need to talk about today. And it just made me think of my struggle and my desire to do that with our kitchen and how it's really not really not that practical. It just doesn't seem to work so well. Okay. Well, that's the inspiration for today. And I'm sorry I opened you up for that little mini rant (laughs) on appliances, but I had to explain kind of why we're going down this road. We want everything to work together. So a reminder, we will put this this, uh, episode up on CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Visit that website on the front. You'll see a a big button that you can schedule your uh, call with Nick, get a consultation started, begin that planning process. You always want to make that a priority for you and your family. And you'll find that again at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com, along with every single podcast that we record. We archive them there on the website. So again, there are a lot of moving parts with this, uh, with a complete estate plan, right? Again, that that word complete is uh, very key for this conversation today. And, you know, a lot of families get in trouble, as Nick said, by just kind of picking these one-off documents and, and kind of forgetting or neglecting the others along the way. So yeah, we're going to kind of talk about this in the sense of putting together a kitchen uh, ensemble, right, with appliances and how they match up and how they work together and what purpose each of these serves. So let's start off with the healthcare power of attorney, Nick. Well, exactly. And I'm going to run through the the normal documents, if you will, or the normal pieces of the estate plan. And I'm not going to go over necessarily what they are and what they do. We've obviously covered that yeah. more than one time already on the show, but I'm going to talk about more kind of how they work together with something else. So the healthcare power of attorney, um, for those of our listeners who don't know, that's where you appoint someone to make a medical decision maker for you if you get sick. But as far as how it works with other things, we, we need to make sure that you have your living will and your 
uh, HIPAA authorization as well. If you don't have the living will to go with it, some of your wishes, your medical wishes for end-of-life scenario might not be known. Makes it pretty tough for your caretaker to do the right job and to take care of you according to your wishes. And also without the information, the HIPAA release, if your medical decision maker doesn't have access to your medical information or if the doctor refuses to talk to them because of medical privacy reasons, makes it pretty tough for them to do their job, uh, obviously. Someone making a medical decision for me if I'm sick, I want them to know all of my wishes and I definitely want the doctor to answer all their questions and tell them what's going on so they can make an informed decision. So you can see how just the healthcare power of attorney alone is not great, but when it's part of uh, everything else and everything's coordinated very well, that's when it's at its best. And that takes us to the living will because that healthcare power of attorney really ties into the living will, right? Exactly. They're dance partners, if you will. Um, that's the way I like to describe it. Here in Ohio, they basically go hand in hand. And I'll be honest, Ben, a lot of states do it better than Ohio. And they have combined these into one healthcare all-encompassing document. So they, so some these things go, living will and healthcare power of attorney are so intertwined. A lot of states have said to heck with it. We're just going to consolidate it. All of it's going to be together in one document, which shows you, uh, which certainly makes my point. But as far as providing instruction in end-of-life scenarios, it's great, but it doesn't do a lot of good standing on its own if you don't have the healthcare power of attorney. So if no one is appointed to be a decision maker to actually make the decisions and speak up on your behalf, the document doesn't hold much water on its own. And also, if no one's able to access information and the doctors won't talk to them, certainly makes it pretty tough as well. So you're exactly right. On, on its own doesn't hold a whole lot of water, um, but it's fantastic and it's 100% necessary with the full set, if you will. Okay. So you have somebody that can kind of speak up on your behalf, but I guess the next piece of that puzzle is the HIPAA release to be able to access information, right? Yeah. And I know I already cheated uh, or, or told the end of the story by mentioning it a couple times, but the HIPAA release, HIPAA's medical privacy law, Right. Um, for those of our listeners who aren't sure. And obviously, it is good that your medical records, your medical information is private, protected information. That's obviously good. Um, but at the same time, if your decision maker, the person who's responsible for taking care of you, can't access the information, if the doctors won't talk to them, imagine, Ben, if you're sick and your wife's trying to make decisions and decide what to do, and the doctor says, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to tell you that. Makes it pretty darn tough for her to do her job. Um, so you see why that's so important. And if, on the other hand, if we only have the HIPAA release so they can tell your spouse or tell your caretaker, here's everything that's going on with Ben, but your wife can't make a decision, well, it's great. She has a copy of your medical chart and she can ask questions, but there's nothing she can do to step up and take care of you. Mm -hmm. um, so again, on its own, doesn't do a whole lot of good, but you know, when you combine forces, put everything together, you can see why each of these is so important. What about the financial or the property power of attorney? Where does this fit in and how does this tie into some other things? So switching gears from the medical to the financial, you know, we, we talked about needing, needing to have someone be able to make a decision for you if you get sick, talk to the doctors, etc. But if you're sick, then someone probably also 
needs to be able to handle legal decisions, financial decisions. So if you're holed up in the hospital and let's say you had a stroke, you're incapacitated, bills still need to get paid. Um, The mortgage still needs to get paid. If we need to go to the bank to get some money to go to the grocery store, uh, that still needs to happen. So someone needs to be able to do that side of the job as well. Um, But again, obviously, if you only have this, sure, we can get the bills paid, but if no one can talk to the doctors and make the medical decisions, just as important, so it can kind of fall apart on its own. Separately, and this is getting to a little more advanced uh, knowledge for some of our listeners, um, anyone out there who uses a trust, you'll need to keep in mind that the trust, if it's properly funded, should be where the majority, if not all, of the money is. So the financial power of attorney may not necessarily have access to all of the money that may be in the trust. So you'll want to make sure that we know who's in charge of handling the financial legal decisions, but also who has the actual checkbook and who can access the trust. So the backup trustee, most likely, you want to make sure that the right person can manage that and get the bills paid if necessary. So you may have two different people uh, you have to rely on to do the job. A lot of times, Ben, and you're probably thinking this as well, you might name the same person for both jobs. So we just know that this person, if something happens to me, whether we're talking my personal checking account or all the trust money, what have you, they're in charge, even though they may have two different roles. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the last will and testament, you have this on the list uh, to discuss, but I, I, I think we can all assume this is a very key piece to the puzzle, right? Sure, sure. And this is this obviously doesn't come in until you pass away. So the other ones that we've talked about so far are just while you're alive, but if someone needs to step in, maybe you're sick or incapacitated. So obviously when you pass away, you need to make sure the right decision makers are in place. So the executor for carrying out the inheritance plan, or if we have minor children like I do, um, you need to have guardians in place, okay? The substitute parents. Also, separately, this is another advanced piece, any of those people out there who use a trust, you need to have a different type of will. It needs to be a special type of will. It is a safety net that will uh, forward everything into the trust. Uh, it's a pour-over will for those of you. Maybe we, we, I know we've covered this a number of times before, but if you have a trust, you need to have a different type of will uh, that needs to work closely with it. Now, within that will, I guess, is, is trying to determine who's going to be guardians. We talked about this, you know, looking out for your children. But the guardian nomination is another, another piece of this as well. Exactly. And one of the things we do here in Ohio is we almost, we have basically two places where the guardian nomination happens. It's in the will for the permanent guardian nomination, but we also prepare a separate temporary or short-term kind of express guardian nomination, totally separate form as well. So we can get that done right away if something happens while we're waiting for the slow wheels of justice to get a will probated. Because my guess is if my wife and I died tomorrow, uh, my son should not have the house to himself unsupervised for two, three months before the will gets probated. So obviously you need to coordinate with your will Um, And then you also need to consider who's going to be in charge of managing the money that you leave for the children. The money management is a separate job from the guardians. Okay, some people think it's best to have the same person do both. 
I say it depends on the person, so you need to think about how the people will work together. So will the substitute parents, will the guardians also be in charge of the money? Or do you have someone in charge of the checkbook who's different from who's managing the children as the substitute parents? And if so, obviously the question you have to ask is, are they going to get along? How are they going to work together, so to speak? So again, you need to zoom out a little bit, if that makes sense, and look at the bigger picture and see how everything's going to play in together. All right. The last document we want to add into the conversation here is the trust document. And this is kind of like the final piece to our conversation. Exactly. So if someone is using a trust as part of their estate plan, so if the trust is the main highway for the inheritance plan, then you need to consider who's going to be in charge of managing the trust if you get sick, who will take over when you pass away, um, who the beneficiaries are, who the guardians are. And I know I already covered most of this before, but we need to look at who's going to take care of decision-making if you get sick. What about managing and accessing the money if you get sick? Um, And then after you pass away, who the beneficiaries are, who gets the money, who the guardians are, so who's going to be in charge of the kids, especially if they're underage. It's one of those things you don't want to pick the wrong people who don't get along or who don't work well together, because the last thing you want is you know, your children or your beneficiaries suffering because you picked people who don't get along with each other and they're always fighting or they don't like each other or they have different thoughts on things and they spend the whole time telling each other, nope, you don't need that uh, or something like that. So again, all of it needs to be looked at as a whole. Okay? You can't really look at one of these things in a vacuum without looking at the the, the whole picture, you know, kind of zooming out, so to speak. We can get tunnel vision on one of these things, but if you're not looking at all the people who are in charge, all the jobs that they have, how they take care of you, how they work with each other, and then what the end goal is, you know, then I think you're missing some things. So everything needs to be, think of it like an orchestra is another way to look at it. Everyone needs to be playing the same song, even though there's different instruments playing different parts. Well, this is a great, I think a good, kind of gives you a good perspective on how all this stuff works together, why each piece is so important to uh, to your complete estate plan. And again, we talk about complete estate planning on this show and doing everything and doing it all correctly and thoroughly. And I guess too, Nick, I mean, if I was to start my estate plan and I'm going to meet somebody for the first time, is it safe to assume that everybody you work with is going to be going through each of these things? Or is this something you need to kind of really hone in on and ask questions and, and really try to find out? Uh, your attorney if they're going to actually help you through each of these things? Well, there's good and bad of everything out there. There's good and bad attorneys, um, probably more bad attorneys than good. I think that's where we get uh, all the lawyer jokes and stereotypes. (laughs) But yeah, you need to make sure you're talking to an attorney and they should be there to help. Okay, you should obviously have a bit of an idea and you know more about your family but it should not be on you to know the law and know what needs to be done, so to speak. You're, you're, you're asking them for help. So I think it's a red flag if the attorney's not looking at all of these things together. So if the attorney doesn't even bring it up or the attorney says, sure, how about we just do this and be done with it? Then they're just looking for a quick sale, a few hundred dollars, call it a day. They're not really giving you any advice. They're not looking at the whole picture. 
Think of it like, a, I guess, a doctor. If you told the doctor you were sick and your ear hurt, and the doctor just went and looked at that one ear and didn't look in the other ear, you know, didn't put the stethoscope and listen to your heart, didn't mm-hmm. put the popsicle stick on your tongue and look down your throat. If they just looked at it and said, yeah, that ear looks bad, here's some drops, and then walked out the door, make you feel a little uncomfortable, wouldn't it, Ben? <laughs> yeah, just a bit. I know it would for me, too. So I would do the same thing. I would make sure that the attorney's looking through everything and asking all the right questions uh, on how all of this fits together. Now, obviously, you want to start thinking about it as well, but I would keep your ears up, your antenna, if you will, and make sure that you have an attorney who's asking the right questions and looking at the whole picture uh, as opposed to just tunnel vision on one specific thing and not even considering how everything works together. I think that's a red flag if they don't. Yeah. Very good stuff. And I guess, too, you, you want to, just, as we close out this conversation and have one kind of one final lesson, you, you want to make sure you're, you get each of these documents done through the same person, right? I mean, that that's essential to not be getting, hey, let me get my living will done over here and take care of my financial power of attorney over here. I think that's a bad idea uh, if you do it like that and you go all over town and have six different attorneys doing one little piece. Uh, First off, man, dealing with one lawyer is bad enough. Do you really want to deal with six? Uh, (laughs) Good point. Good point. Just thinking about it that way, I would be nervous. I I would question that person's sanity if they said, hey, I have five other attorneys, but I just need this one thing from you. I would question their sanity, so red flags would go off in my mind. Um, But second off, yeah, you need someone to be able to look at the whole picture, and I don't think any of those attorneys can give you the best, most complete, most thought-out advice if they don't see the whole picture, if they don't see everything that's going on. So I think find the person who's right for you, whoever he or she is, no problem. Um, But I would let the right person have all the information, and build the whole thing together with you. You guys should be walking alongside of each other, putting the whole plan in place. CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That is the website where you'll find Nick and the Rosenbauer Law Office, also all of our podcasts there. But if you do want to sit down and kind of make sure you have all these documents covered, make sure they all are all in place and finalized, you want to request a consultation, you can do that right there on the website as well. There's a big orange button right on the front of the page. As soon as you log on, you'll see it. You can request that consultation for your family today. Again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. All right, Nick, good luck with the new appliances, my friend. Um, Hopefully, you don't have to buy too many. Hopefully, you can (laughs) hang on as long as you need to before you upgrade. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, I don't think we're hanging on very much longer. Actually, the mother-in-law came through with an old microwave that should probably have been thrown away years ago. (laughs) Um, It has the dial Um, (laughs) like you, you turn it to three minutes. Yeah. Um, and then it'll just, you know, it's like the old kitchen timer just go bing. So I have no idea. And it's not very powerful. Like you try to heat something up. It's a good two to three minutes before you have a a cup of water hot enough to make a tea. So (laughs) I, uh, I appreciate the good wishes, but uh, something tells me, uh, we're going to be ordering some new appliances uh, in the next week or so. So if there's any listeners out there you know, who are an appliance salesman for LG or Samsung or Whirlpool, by all means, call me. We should talk. Maybe we can... <laughs> 
Help me, please. <laughs> I love it. Doing some business right here on the show. All right, we got to get out of here on that note. Nick, I appreciate the time as always. If you haven't subscribed, if you aren't following the show on Apple, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, please do so. You don't want to miss a single episode. We got a couple new ones every single month, and we'll talk to you again then, Nick. Thanks a lot, Ben. I'll uh, see you next time. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.